going up, everybody? Beacon here, welcoming you into the Quest for 100, episode 11. On this episode, the Big Papa Matt and I talk all about Jurassic Park. Uh, so Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, how does that tie into the Jurassic Park franchise? And we also talk a whole lot about Ant-Man and the Wasp and how that ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, especially in light of Infinity War. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Quest for 100. Make sure that you're liking and subscribing and sharing with your friends and family. We really appreciate you joining us on this quest to watch 100 films in the theater here in 2018. So enjoy. I'm going on an adventure. You may quest the way you like. I will quest the way I like. What? Is that a quest? This is the first stop on your first quest. We shall go together. What kind of a quest? Ancient seer who helps many on their quest. If it's for the quest, we will do what needs to be done. It will be my quest. For the quest. Your quest. Let us quest! This quest sucks. Cool. Hey, everybody, and welcome into episode 11 of the Quest for 100. Uh, Beacon and Matt back at it again, ready to go, talking some movies with you. We have two big ones, but we also want to talk about a couple of flicks. We left off our tier rating system as well. So with that being... Oh, hiccups. With that being said, <laughs> Beacon, what's up, dude? What is up, man? Nice. Uh, we have, we've seen some good movies lately. We last episode we talked all about Hearts Beat Loud, Hearts Beat Loud, mm. Hearts Beat Loud, Hearts Beat Loud. Don't forget oh. about it. Hopefully, hopefully, folks, you have gone and seen it and taken our recommendation, and you've blown up uh, Brett Haley and Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens' Twitter accounts and just sent them all kinds of love and support for an amazing movie um yeah we're yeah. gonna talk about two other movies though um and if you did say, blow them up let them know that uh quest 100 sent you as well yes yeah. yes make sure you represent represent yeah. for the quest. show what's up i gotta start this episode with a little nerd rant though oh nerd rants are always the best rants what you got for us okay look there are times out of these 50, whatever, I don't even remember how many movies I'm at, 55, 56, something like that. There are times that I go to a movie by myself and I sit by myself. Or there are times that I go with like one <laughs> other person. There's just two of us. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. Very rarely do I sit in the middle of a theater. Very rarely. Usually I sit off to one side or the other. Yeah, I'm the same way for one very particular reason row. that I think you're going to get uh, to right now, actually. I'm typically a back row person. I'm not okay. a back row person. I usually um, I'll go like two or three rows from the top, um, but I don't usually go oh. all the way to the top row because I know it goes on to the top rows. Well, my and I'm not sitting I, in any of that. The reason I go top <laughs> rows in my theaters, that's that's the row with the most leg room. Oh, you know, I'm a tall dude, so okay, like, okay. leg room is important. Gotcha. Um, so that's usually why I go yeah. top row. I, I have uh, a lot of reclining seat theaters, so I don't usually worry uh, about that. Yeah, I only yeah. have one of those, which was amazing, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I can watch a movie any other way anymore. Nope. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I will purposefully, and if I go in a theater and it's empty, I will choose a spot, you know, off to the right. Or if there's a couple people, I don't ever ever sit by somebody no sit around other people it's a courtesy not thing. There to sit by me yeah right but 
when I sit down, I swear to you, I swear to you, Matt, every freaking time someone has to sit right in front of me or right behind me. Like, I'm not even in the middle of the damn theater. Like, it's an empty theater. There are times that it's just been me in the theater and somebody has to come sit by me. I'm like, what the freaking hell are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I agree. There man. are hundreds of seats. Go sit somewhere else. Anywhere Why? else. Anywhere. Why do you have to sit by me? Have you had that experience before? Often, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves, which is why I love, um, I love to have like the selected seats. Selected seats, and I always will get something off to the, either the right or the left of the screen a little bit. I usually like to pick an aisle seat, honestly, because I'm a big guy. Yeah, yeah. And it means I get some shoulder room because I have some broad ass shoulders. And my biggest thing is like, I, I will, I'm, you know, I'm not like a huge fat obese, horrible human being where I'm taking up two seats, but I like to lean out and have room for my shoulders to relax. Right. Yeah. And especially when I'm reclining, like I kind of like get to hang out over there and do my thing and I will be in an empty theater and I will have someone sit right next to me, right next to me. And I go, I go alone 80% of the time easily so you mean like the seat right next to you the seat right next to me or the seat right in front of me yeah bro if it was right next to me i would move oh and i will i absolutely will i absolutely will even in even in reserve seating theaters if someone sits right next to me and there's a if there's a seat a couple seats down or behind or in front that's no one's around me i will move absolutely 100 percent. and it drives me crazy because when i purchased my ticket there was no one in that theater and that means that right. they saw someone in that theater and they just said, yeah, I'll take that one. Well, they, was it a, was it a dude? Uh, sometimes it has maybe been. Was, I'm thinking like maybe they were thinking like, oh, maybe some chicks there by themselves. And like, they possibly it's saying, very just, possible. And sometimes it's a dude. Other times it's I had this one lady one time actually just recently. And I swear to you. This woman was trying to get me to yell at her and be angry so she could file a suit on me or something. Because she literally, every piece of pop, she ate single kernels and she ate it like piece at a time. And so she'd bite a piece of it off and then crunch it with her mouth open. And then next piece with her mouth open. And I looked at her and I just was like, and I even, I was, I just looked at her when she did it. And she looked up at me eating it piece by piece on her popcorn. Like, say something. I dare you. And it was this older lady, and she had a fucking huge bag with her. Her legs were all up, and her shoes were kicked off, and she's all reclining, sit back. And she just was sitting there looking at me. And there were three seats next to her on the right that were empty. And she sat right next to me. And was just like, I dare you to say something. Like, she just was like. I ain't going to say something, but I'm going to (laughs) move. And I just, honestly, I just wanted to be like. You can't throw the whole piece of popcorn in your mouth, just one at a time. Like you just can't put that shit in your mouth and chew like with your mouth shut a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. So, and that that was a that's a rarity when there's that annoying. But mm. normally I'll get up, I'll move, and that kind of sucks because I feel like I got that seat first, and now you're sitting yeah. next to me, and I'm moving because you you know I, I don't know I, you know what I just honestly I think people just get their jollies like somebody gets their jollies off of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, or the drunk person in the theater. Oh, I'm usually the drunk guy in the theater. <laughs> yeah, but I, but you're not the drunk guy in the theater that's yelling things at, at, at people. No, yeah, no, not over at all. the top, like just being obnoxious on purpose because you, you feel like you don't 
I, I just drank my filter away, so now I can just say whatever I want. Yeah, you know? no, I hate that person. Absolutely. Yeah. And it happens every once in a while. That was my first Quiet Place experience yeah. was with that dude. And then the second second experience with Quiet Place was amazing. And then I think I'm going to go watch it again tomorrow. Yeah, male <laughs> or female, it, it does not give you an excuse once you're drinking to be that loud jerk in the oh. theater. And that's one of those reasons why I love a place like Alamo Draft House because you can regulate what the hell is going on in that theater better. And in, in the general audience theaters, you can't do that. And it drives me crazy. For my new theater, the the new theater I was telling you about, it's got the really nice seats. It's got the reclining seats. And of course, you you turned around and said, welcome to 2016. I'm like, yeah. bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're I mean, Idaho. Yeah. Like for us to be two years behind is actually good. That's like good that's, that's not a bad yeah, thing. We're, bad. we're moving the right direction. Um, I know one of the managers. Nice. He was one of my employees. Nice. So like, I, I know him like he's a good friend of mine. Um, he actually probably will listen to this episode. Like he follows our po- podcast on Mouse Corp. So um, no, he's a really good dude. So and I have his number, of course. So I could actually legit text him if I'm having a bad experience at his theater. Um, I did send him a little text review of everything I thought about because it's a brand. This is brand new theater just opened like a month ago. Nice. Good for him. Uh, and so I, I texted him a little review. It was, uh, it was a good, it, it was a very, very good experience. Um, minus the popcorn, but I, I probably shouldn't be eating popcorn anyway. So that's probably more on me than on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, that's, it's just bad for you, man. It's it's, yeah, it really is. I, I honestly, I don't eat popcorn very often in the theater. It has no nutritional value. So it's just, yeah, yeah just, a, yeah. It's anyway, just things to crunch on and make noise. Uh, of. Yeah. I should probably buy more, like m&ms like you do i do i i say i stopped for a little while man yeah i've been uh, yeah it's such a guilty pleasure like i honestly i've been going to movies so often if i bought m&ms every time i went um i'd be i'd be spending way too much money on m&ms having a movie pass when you're yeah when i'm spending nine bucks on m&ms man yeah shit All right, so we got two movies to talk about today we have jurassic world fallen kingdom yeah buddy some ant-man and wasp ant-man and wasp first before we do that though yeah. we have been tapped by fans of the show to rate oh. the alien I'm... movies oh okay okay alien flicks um are we gonna do all of them like alien one alien two so i figured one two and three alien i just figured one one two three. and three and then we would do uh we would do what is resurrection was four right yeah yeah i don't i don't care about resurrection i can't even remember that movie honestly uh, it, it won't be a, it won't be anywhere near a three <laughs> it'll be that. it'll probably be the fourth movie got a four uh yeah, fourth got a four. Third got a, third got a four as well yeah third um, got a four as I'm, well i'm just those two done handled so should but we just also one, two, one two prometheus and covenant yeah that's what i was gonna say prometheus and covenant four. were the four that i really want to talk uh, anything about. else uh you can assume it's a four How about yeah that? deal four words Four uh, versus predator one or two however many there were of that yeah and that's a, that's more of a predator film than an alien film so i'm not getting into that yeah. that's a whole other bag of tricks i'm not willing to get into so <laughs> yeah right. so alien alien first alien oh, classic 1979 sci-fi horror film sigourney weaver as you all know if you've listened Girl. to any malice cast podcast Malice Core podcast, you know she is my the woman of my life, the dream of dreams. Uh, first Alien absolutely gets a tier one for me. Absolutely, hundred percent. You will have no argument from me. It is a all time, all time classic. 
it, it defines all-time classic. And one of the things I I love about the first Alien um, is that it was one of the first movies to put a female character as a lead role in an action horror film, uh, action horror sci-fi. I mean, this this film crosses three different, like I said, action, horror, sci-fi. It hits all three of those, and you have a female lead that is a powerful woman. That is not a damsel in distress. That's right. the kicker. She is not by any means. She is the one that's saving the day. Yep. She's the one that's taking care of herself and everybody else. Um, she is the hero, heroine, heroine, heroine. I, I, I always stumble on that one cause it's too close to the drugs. It is, so. it, is it is close, but oh. <laughs> I can, if I can say it, anybody can say it. Um, but yeah, no. And Ripley is also just, it's an iconic character, man. Yes. Like, Ripley is the ultimate kick-ass woman dude as far as i'm concerned like anytime you know comic-con every year they do women who kick ass in movies things like that and i just don't feel like you know people will be like oh my inspiration was you know xena and this person and and i feel like ripley gets passed over every single year at that panel and it's it drives me crazy that she's not on that thing every single time because not only did she do it in the first one and the second and the third and the fourth but she did it at such a high level especially because aliens the second film um i honestly i i would i'll sound i think too biased if i do it but i'm gonna throw it in a, i'm gonna throw it in a tier two just because if i throw in a tier one i feel like we're maybe putting too much into tier one but i'm gonna give it a two hundred percent super strong um yeah definitely for me i want to say it falls into the tier two as well and i think i have um, sorry, I just gotta look at the character's name. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, but I have a specific reason Bill for me. Paxton. Um, so the reason it's a two for me and not necessarily a one. I think this is what I think may have been able to make it a one. Um, they actually have scenes that did not make it into the original movie that really. Um, tie the relationship between Ripley and Newt together much stronger than what you get from just watching the film. Absolutely. So, yeah. So there's some deleted scenes that never, never made the cut that show her uh, Sigourney Weaver's emotions over finding out that her daughter's dead, gone, long gone. Right. And there's some really, really emotional scenes that were filmed. And, my thought process here is that how much more that just ties those two characters together with understanding why, why there's such a, a bond between her and Newt, right? Why there's such a bond between this, this little girl that needs my help and needs me to be a mother to her. Um, I think you still get it in the movie, just not as strongly as you could have if you'd let, well, the, the director's corny, cut. The corny, yeah. Because, is it in the director's so cut? So in the director's cut, they they talk a little bit about that because... Or they just talk about it. Okay. Well, because they bring her back, right? So they have her back on a colony, or maybe they have her back on Earth after the first set of films, and they let her know, like, hey, we need you to go be a part of this because it's everybody in your family is dead. Everybody you knew, everybody you loved has died. Right. And because it's so far in the future from when she was... Years, yeah, was. whatever that is... And that's why they send her on that mission is because everybody she knew and she loved is dead. 
And then when she meets Newt, it's someone that she can love who has no one just like her. And that strength and that bond is done so well. And I don't believe that's in the original by itself. I think that is just in the director's cut or in deleted scenes. I think so. Yeah. No, yeah, because it's not, it is not in the film. Um, Because it's something, and it must be the director's cut is where I must have uh, picked that up. Um, Because we were talking about this. We were talking about, hey, let's rate the alien movies. And I was like, man, there was something about that movie. And so I started looking it up again. And, stumbled across it um but for me like something like that would have been something that might have pushed it into that tier one because it just helps things it just helps you to understand the the character dynamics a little bit more Uh, but with that being said i still love the movie yeah Uh, well and here's the thing though is it was it was ahead of its time that scene talking about those things and and feeling those things ahead of its time it it, it was an action horror sci-fi film and I don't think the directors, you know, I don't think they thought that that was something they wanted to have in those films when you went down to the editing rooms about it, right? Yeah. I, I think that it probably got on there for, you know, reasons that shouldn't be there. And people not thinking that, that something yeah. feeling like that doesn't belong in an action horror film like yeah. that. And now, that's too bad. And I, and here's here's my thought process, though, of the directing of it it may just be that they wanted they wanted the audience to have that same thought about ripley as they do in the first one which is this is a this is a ba she is badass she is strong she is like confident she is powerful um she's there's no weakness in her that kind of thing and and to where it's almost that like lack of humanity level um and i think that's what that scene would have brought um to the movie but i'm not taking like i said not taken away from the movie it is beautiful wonderful the way it is um but it's a great great movie it's not an all-time great um and it's hard for a sequel to be better than the original it really is it's not easy yeah and i you know james cameron you know good on him and i think that i think if those scenes had been in there it would have put it so far ahead of its time that i don't think people would have responded to it as well as they did when it originally came in the moment in that moment in those years you know 80 i'm gonna look it up real quick here but uh it was uh 81 i believe 86 for aliens so the sequel 86 um looking at this so you know that's just one of those things like i just don't know if you know you're kind of your general movie going audiences were ready for that type of a feel in that type of a film this was an amazing year for film by the way yeah no doubt right yeah no lie, that was amazing. Uh, so that's just something you know looking at that you know that could have been there but I, I agree i think some of those film some of those moments would probably have pushed that into the tier one where you would have had a little bit more of the those bigger moments and uh but no i agree uh tier two for aliens and tier one for alien uh so prometheus oh by so i got i just got to run this down real quick if 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 i can i know this was not planned 1986 saw aliens top gun platoon big trouble in little china stand by me the fly ferris bueller's day off uh let me see what else hold on uh crocodile dundee (laughs) blue velvet labyrinth pretty in pink Star Trek Four of the Voyager. Well, anyway, Short Circuit. Um, man, Short Circuit. Johnny Flight Five. Of the Navigator. Yeah, Color of Money. Flight of the Navigator was eighty six. Wow. Howard the Duck. Yeah. yeah screw Howard the Duck. <laughs> Not so much Howard the Duck. Tier but. six. 
Uh, tier six. <laughs> it's got its own tier. Karate Kid Part Two. You know, Little Shop of Horrors. Highlander. The original, Shop. Highlander. Wow. original Highlander. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that the one with um? If it's out four or six, one of those two is really really good actually. Um, American. No, I'm thinking of Halloween. Dude. I'm thinking of Halloween. Oh, an American Bible. Bible, dude. Oh, five food. Poltergeist 2, who cares? Hoosiers. Hoosiers, dude. Oh, all right. We gotta we gotta move on because I'm That's gonna pretty get good. Iron Eagle. Oh Critters. Oh, dude. <laughs> 1986, man. What a freaking year for film, dude. Yeah, no doubt. What a year. No doubt about it. I God. love it. That so give us 86. Eighty six is a good year, the year before I was born. Eighty seven was was that great year. Kicking it around for a while. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've already been kicking it for a little bit. Uh, Yeah, so Prometheus. So let's talk Prometheus because three and four were tier fours for us. Uh, Prometheus. I I definitely want to say I'm I'm gonna give Prometheus. I'm going to give Prometheus a three. I'm going to give that a tier three as a solid film. Um, I feel like it, it, it forced itself into the alien worlds a little too hard. I totally agree with you. Yep. And that would be the only reason why it didn't actually stay a tier two. Cause the first so, probably 75% of that movie was a tier two. And then it, it dropped when it started kind of pushing itself too hard in the alien. Um, I'm strong with you on a tier three. However, after watching Covenant, I appreciate Prometheus more after watching Covenant. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy the movie more after Covenant. Yeah. Where it to me it it starts it got better because of Covenant. Yeah, I agree. Um and, and so yeah, it's it for me it's even a high three. It's oh yeah, it, for sure. High three. Like I said, those last fifteen minutes is what ruined it for me because they pushed too hard to say, Hey, we're an alien movie. Yes, yeah, I, and I think you're right. They probably could have just done without that, and it and it would have left you just going, "What, what, what?" Because you already were a little bit like, "What the hell is just going on?" Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Covenant for me, just so everybody doesn't think that we're always on the same page, uh, <laughs> I'll say it first. Covenant for me is a two. Um, <laughs> you may you may say it, it's a two as well, but at least I said it first, so okay. it doesn't look like okay. I'm just the same rating well, after yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, I'll um, give you. It's that. a great film. It's a great film. It pushes us so much closer to uh, the original Alien. Um, Michael Fassbender is fantastic in the movie. Kills it. Um, he's creepy. He's uh, he's scary at times. Um, yeah, and. And it's just a powerful, powerful performance from him. Um, it's just the whole movie is just fantastic. Uh, we spent, I think, an hour and a half on a mouse court <laughs> talk. You and Mess talking about this movie for well over an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, in uh, in Covenant hit the the tier two for me for one huge reason is because one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite themes in movies and storytelling and comic books and in books in in theater in TV shows is the idea of a creator and a createe. And mm. what is that feeling and power that you have over something that you have created? 
and what are you going to do with that right and what is that what does that feel like and what are those questions about why am i here and what are we doing what is that why we love westworld so much oh absolutely and once again (laughs) i love that theme because westworld does the same thing yes and covenant did something so so well with um fassbender's character because he was something that was designed to never be able to create and yet his his first setup his beta form if you will was able to create and his 2.0 version his later creations were not and And that i go with our boy malcolm from jurassic wagon uh, life will uh, uh, find a way. <laughs> it will find a way, right? It's the chaos theory. It's the theory of chaos. Yes. Life will find a way, right? And I love that that was able to be explored in an alien film. Like in a, in a sci-fi horror film, we got to sit there and play around with those ideals of mm-hmm. creation, Yes. And it was, I loved it. And they did such a good job with it. And it was such a visual representation yeah. of that, that it did such a good piece. And yeah, there were some pieces. And honestly, there, there are probably three scenes in that movie that kept it from being a tier one, honestly, for yeah. for Covenant. Yeah. There were a few holes in the, in the yeah. plot even that were. Yeah. yeah. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need praying Xenomorph. Right. <laughs> little baby, little baby, little praying baby Xenomorph. <laughs> And yeah, and there's a, there's a couple of holes in there too, but yeah. other than that, tier two, suit and strong tier two, like yeah. cemented in there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Nice. Well, so, there y'all go. There yeah, you go, sure fans. You hit us up with what you thought of uh, the the Alien franchise as a whole, like, and each one of those movies. Give absolutely. us absolutely. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. What are your tiers on those? And uh, tweet at us at. Um, quest for movies on twitter uh at quest for movies we would love to hear what you guys have to say and about if you haven't those films. seen these movies uh go to our website www.malice-corp.com click on any of the amazon links and you can you can buy these movies or you can subscribe to amazon prime yep um and you know watch some of them i think i think actually a couple of them are on uh prime video right now so yeah we'll uh i'm sure we'll be able to tell you in a little bit or you can or you could just buy it and add it to your library so <laughs> better yes have right it, have it copy ready to go have it digitally you can watch it on movies and planes yeah. Yeah. and Playing yeah aliens aliens is on uh, prime video right now so you can yep. do that as well so i did not tell lies you never do you never do um prometheus is on there as well so there you go got a couple of those guys ready to go they even have the original uh the director's cut um on there from old uh ridley scott so that's gonna that's a good one for the original alien too which the reason why i love that director's cut from alien from ridley scott is because Scott love Ridley Scott yes but they released it on a Halloween they released it like on a in like Halloween they did a re-release when they did the director's cut into theaters and I got to watch the original alien in the theater and me and my brother went and watched it and it was on Halloween Halloween, and he he pulled me out of school so I got a ditch class and watch alien so it was awesome man not much gets better than that. No, it was fantastic. It was awesome. So awesome. big fan, big fan. Uh, after that, 
let's uh let's get into some flicks we watched man so uh jurassic world fallen kingdom is out so sequel to the first jurassic world and before we get into this fallen kingdom what did you think of the first the the jurassic world the, the kind of the the reboot so, of jurassic park franchises if you will i don't, I don't want to call it reboot maybe continuation uh, continuation um so, more storytelling of this universe which i like i love this universe yeah so i i am a huge fan of jurassic park um and i want to give you some history behind why i'm a huge fan of it um it's it's actually the original jurassic park is one of my wife's favorite movies of of all time uh saw it i saw it in the theater scared the crap out of me as a a younger absolutely younger movie goer um love 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 the original movie um i'm also a huge I'm a huge fan of the book, Michael Crichton's book, Jurassic Park, um, as well as uh, he does The Lost World. He does other books that kind of continue on in the genre. But the original, and this is one of my favorite, one of my favorite books. So if you haven't read it or listened to it on like Audible, you really should. Um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, better known for Sherlock Holmes, wrote the originals called The Lost World. And it's where Michael Crichton got his inspiration to write Jurassic Park. Um, and it is, it's, it's a journey about going to uh, South America because uh, one scientist claims that he's discovered living dinosaurs. And so they go on this, this incredible journey to this lost world to find dinosaurs. Um, and it's, it's amazing, dude. I love, I love the story, love the book. Uh, and it's just kind of grown my love for for the franchise. Um, I, dinosaurs are are super cool to me, man. I love the idea of like archaeology and finding fossils. Um, always been super super interested in in dinosaurs. So when I got that on the big screen, I got to see the T Rex for the first time. You know, chasing and chasing down uh, the Jeep, right? Like uh, just amazing memories of of that movie so for me it's it's hard for me not to like a movie in this franchise and i say that because i I know your i know what your response is going to be to this newer movie um and if i'm honest with myself i know what my response is to the newer movie but there's this this deep love and affection for jurassic park that keeps me coming back for more um the, as far as to answer your actual question, because I just ran circles. Um, <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little I, bit. It's all good. The, the first Jurassic World, Chris Pratt. I'm a huge Chris Pratt fan, um, mainly because... Well, hold on one sec before we yeah, go yeah. there yet. So um, I agree with you about the first Jurassic Park film. Okay. I love it. But once again, we kind of talked about aliens, right? And Prometheus and created mm-hmm. and creates. Um, that's one of the things like people, people who love dinosaurs and archaeology love Jurassic Park, but also the people who love genetics and sci-fi and that creation and what could come from us being able to manipulate DNA and well, not 
being able to were able to but that mastery of it and being able to create life from that yeah. and what is the what are the possibilities with that it also hits a huge huge note with Jurassic Park and I love the first Jurassic Park I even think Jurassic you know the uh Lost World the second movie isn't bad at all and even the third one was pretty good like I like this genre a lot mm-hmm. and uh the original by the way is a solid tier 1 for me super it- solid tier 1 yeah, absolutely. Super, okay. super, super tier one. Glad we're on the same page. There. Absolutely. Um, but so is Jurassic World, what were your, you know, what are some of your thoughts? Where would you kind of rate Jurassic World? Yeah, I mean, for the whole relaunch of this, this franchise, um, I, I'd have to go back and watch the relaunch, the, you know, the Jurassic World that came out, whatever it was two years ago. Um, I'd have to rewatch it probably to get a better idea of how I, really feel about it but I, I if i had to just say it off the top of my head it's it's definitely a three maybe a two um but i i just don't i don't i don't remember all of it that well enough to you know, like i you know what i mean i haven't watched it recent enough to go yeah, yeah for oh, sure it's a solid two but it it, it was definitely in a, in a three plus category it's a it's a high three for sure it's a it's a yeah. great three film i 100 percent agree with you um it it kind of you know it for me uh you know how do you get much better than riding a t-rex with a raptor at your side yeah uh having raptors <laughs> as pets basically essentially <laughs> yeah absolutely that stuff you know it was a little out there but you know what was really good for me with the jurassic world is it reminded me how much fun i've i always have at theaters and jurassic world was one of those movies that really reminded me not to like try to be a snob about movies and just to go into a theater and and be ready to have some fun with a movie and more than anything Jurassic World had a shitload of fun with what it was doing and the genre it was in and the place it was at yep Uh, now Fallen Kingdom uh on the other hand um it went it went it went too far it was about 30 minutes too long I I I I might have fallen asleep actually during this film. I'm trying to remember if I actually did die on this one or not. I was really, really, I was really close. I was really (laughs) close to falling asleep on this one because it was just too long. It was just too long. Um, I feel like we they went. You know, we ask ourselves if we can when we should be asking ourselves if we should and i think this movie should have asked themselves that because i think the indomitable spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert the indomitable raptor thing was just it was too much like we did not need it at all we could have had a great film still with them pulling off and and doing the same stuff with blue and Mm -hmm. capturing those dinos and pulling off the island do all the same stuff and then taking them into northern california's on dr moreau's island and getting ready to do all that stuff and we could have been seeing all of those things getting taking place and being done, but we didn't need to do it because it just added 35, 40 minutes of the film that didn't need to be. Yeah. There. Yeah. So the, here's the biggest issue with this movie. I'm going to tie it to another movie that we've talked about. Okay. Um, I, I have my biggest issue. I have not said yet, but I'll let you go. Oh yeah. yeah. And I know you're going to get there and I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, to me though, it's an infinity war. That's what it is. It's a placeholder. Mm. Um, it's a placeholder for future movies. This movie, 
is moving us into the direction where dinosaurs are on the loose in the contingent United States. <laughs> um, and oh, by the way, they breed asexually. So yeah, right. Um, you're you're now in really where that that line from Jeff Goldblum. You are now in Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, like this is not a park, a theme park anymore. This is the life we're in. This is our in life. Now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now we're you know if we're not caring. I think one of the lines he says something like, um, "Dinosaurs were here before us, and if we're not careful, they'll be here after us." Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And, and kind of like that unlocking Pandora's box of genetic DNA, um, yeah, which I know is going to hit right home with your probably one of your biggest flaws of the movie or things that was not necessary to the movie, uh, which is like the, the little girl. I, I thought that was fine actually. I have no issues with that. Okay with that? I, I had no issues with that. I thought actually thought that was a really cool. I thought that was a really cool moment, okay. honestly. Um, my issues were you know the indomitable raptor thing. Okay. Like I just. Like the other big plot hole issue, because it just it didn't make any sense to me because they were kept talking about how we were gonna make them from blue, we're gonna make them from blue, and they already made it without blue. So what the do we you know just to tame it? So why haven't we killed this thing? Why is this thing still alive? It just didn't make any sense as to what it was doing there. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. My my biggest, I guess my biggest issue with it is that. Um, you know, we've seen one, two, three, what, four Jurassic Park movies now. Um, and five. not once, four, five, mm-hmm. not once did I ever hear about um, John Hammond having a partner. Yes, absolutely. Um, that was a huge plot hole issue for me. Yep. Um, and I, and, and honestly, they could have pulled it off with the way they did it if they just addressed it differently. Yes, 100%. They, they, you and I have issues with movies that make the audience that, that treats the audience like they're stupid. That's the key right there. That is my biggest issue. This film. I want to say something like we have actually, I've talked to (laughs) Mets about this movie. You and I have actually not talked very much about this movie at all. No. Yeah. This is our first real conversation about it. Yep. But that's definitely a problem with this movie is they treat, they treat us like we're stupid and like, we don't know the history of Jurassic park fool. John Hamm did this on his, like, it, it was him. He didn't have a partner. Yeah. If they had said something like, oh, you know, we were, you know, we were the silent partner. We were the, the, the financial backing behind, behind this, blah, blah, blah. If they had said something like that, that would have given you reasonable doubt to go. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I can see, yeah. I can see why, where they're going with we that. We were the people who started the second island from like Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3, right? We were nublar instead of nublay you know anything like that we could go anywhere around that but they just they just treat it like oh like we're supposed to just know that oh yeah he had a partner of course Uh, yeah yeah oh he had a partner yeah that makes total sense yeah and he even had a cane just like his like no like why not say i'm an admirer say i'm a brother even like i would have taken that over yeah. what we got family member yeah a family member an admirer of john's um oh uh a, a associate of uh doctor you know from the first doctors from the first Jurassic park you know anything like that like anything besides the explanation we got that we're just supposed to believe he had a partner that, that got kicked out because movies. he yeah. yeah no one knew about for five movies but also the fact that we didn't know about him as he's creating human beings. Like you would, there should have been some sort of mention of that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, huge, huge plot hole in the movie was right there. Um, yeah. so my, my film gut, you know, if I take it away as take away my fandom and just look at the movie itself, um, it, it easily falls in the four categories. As long as you say it out loud, that's all I care about. That's, yeah. that's all I care about. Um, what you actually give it, I'm not as big of, you know, it doesn't really matter to me as much. As long as you say it in the real world. It means in, it's real. In writing, though, in writing on my <laughs> list here on my computer, it is marked as a three. That's <laughs> a Jurassic Park movie. Um, it's hard for me to... I, I. It's almost like my brain just goes like, I know that this is a plot hole, but ah, whatever, it's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park. It's, yeah, we're I there. And another yeah. reason why we are not pros at this, this is our system. You know, it's it's what we created for it. And these are the things that we think about when we're rating these films, you know, is, is what it means to us and other little things, you know, that we couldn't legitimately put into something if, you know, we were writing this for a paper or some shit, you know, so. No, there's other reasons behind yeah. it. Just like you, you love the, that new Ghostbusters movie and I, I hate I do love that new Ghostbusters movie. I absolutely movie. hate I'm a it. Big I'm a big fan. So. I'm a huge ghost. I, I, you don't understand though. Like there's there is a night. There's like sixty percent of all of my childhood photos have me in some sort of Ghostbuster regalia. So, I, I I wasn't planning on this, but so I was I was telling you earlier, like I'm working on this project with my buddy with like fixing my mom's fence and all this stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. It involved uh, using a pressure washer. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. Have a backpack. Have a backpack. Because it's, it's, it, it requires two hands to operate. And I swear <laughs> to you, there was there were times that I was zoned out, pressure washing this fence for hours. Yeah, right? it's not like this takes like five minutes. It takes a, a while yeah. to do this. And I'm like proton pack, <laughs> like <laughs> ghostbusting, buddy. Don't cross the stream. Don't don't, cross yeah, the exactly. If you did not say that out loud at least twice, I would be you'd fail <laughs> me, dude. Don't cross the streams. I mean, it's a ghost. But yeah, anytime. I mean, I do that when I have a freaking a weed a backpack with like weed killer. You know, like I'm just like, yeah, dee, yeah, dee, yeah. Dee, dee, you know, like just with a little hose. Like, boo. Throw out the trap. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's it's just a great. That is my all time number one movie like prop replica I need in my life is a proton pack. Proton pack, yeah, I hear you. Um, anyways, yeah. So for me, man, like I just this film treats like you're stupid, man. Like it had moments in there where you're just like, you know, and then even so, here's the thing. Even if we move we past. We needed more time on the island. Am I wrong? I would have liked more time on the island. I didn't need more time on the island. I like the story that they're pulling stuff off to get them back, to sell them off as commodities to create a new island, to create weaponized dinosaurs. I'm okay with that. Engine, that moniker, and that's another thing I didn't get. Like, why didn't we just use engine as this, right? Like, why didn't we just have the you know the kind of overarching corporate entity that's been in all these other Jurassic Park films why do we need to create Hammond having to have a partner all of a sudden that now has money that wants to like, it just if, it just what doesn't was an engine what if it was stark industries i'm just a just saying com combine the worlds i don't <laughs> give a combine shit combine these two worlds i don't care what it was i i, I wouldn't have cared if it was uh the the first semblance of uh the what is it the 101 from ready player one i don't care oh, right. like i would have done anything with that right like it, it would have been better than what we got i honestly thought i really do think it would have been an easier plug but the thing is is then 
you know, they're already there. They've already been creating them. We've already been moving on. So what do we actually need blue specifically for? Well, we want to have them have characteristics to be trained. Like, okay, yeah. I, I kind of get that. But why have we, you know, you guys don't have any heart. Oh. You don't care about any of this stuff. So why are we keeping experiments, right? So well, then because this indomitable raptor gets out, right? So this thing gets out. And it is a vicious killing machine. It's killing everything. It's unabashedly killing everything. But the one time it actually, like, gets out of the building it climbs up onto the roof and then is still hunting this little girl and it decides it's gonna fucking creepy captain hook open the door with its one little claw <laughs> yes. and slide down and slowly sneak around the room and make growling and clicking noises as this little girl is shivering on the bed not hiding at all it is now oh, gonna slow down point, bro her head's popped out well, yeah, but her body's protected. I don't give a the shit. It protects the body. It can still smell right. her, obviously. <laughs> and yet, it's going to stop now from just annihilating everything in front of her? Like, are you honestly going to tell me, like, it paused because it smelt? They had the same genetics and they were both created, Mon. Like, no, bullshit. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It would have just busted through the. It wouldn't have opened the door real quick. No, it would have jumped down onto the ledge and jumped through and started eating that little girl in half. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense that all of a sudden this thing wants to creep now and wants to be a creep. Yeah. I could see if it was like Chris Pratt on the bed with the gun. You know, yeah, something intelligent, sure. That, yeah, something, right? And and the other, I mean, there's just there's so many things. It just it drove me crazy because it treated us like we were dumb. Like it just it just it, it did not treat the audience. I felt with respect mm. of the storytelling and the place we were in. And and for me, honestly, like I I'm gonna give it a tier four purely because it's Jurassic Park. I, I, I honestly don't think I could recommend someone to go watch this in a theater. Whoa. Okay. What? Yeah, that's I, – I can get that. If you're a Jurassic Park fan, I do recommend going. Yeah, if you're a Jurassic Park fan, go watch in the theater. If you um, could care less about Jurassic Park movies, now, I, can we get – You could skip get, it completely. Can we get Lost or Jurassic World uh, 3 and it's just Chris Pratt hanging out on the porch with Blue? Hanging out on this cabin porch above the lake, just chilling with Blue. Jurassic like Park 3 catch. should be a buddy cop <laughs> film like um, Turner and Hooch, but Blue and what was Chris Pratt's name in that movie? I don't remember, but Blue, yeah. Blue and Chris Pratt. Blue and Chris Pratt. Blue and Pratt. That's what I want. <laughs> I want Blue and Pratt. That's what I it want. Looks like there was a murder. Uh, possible suspect is a uh, Velociraptor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> we had a Velociraptor loose. We're going like after Chris Pratt. Pratt, we're, we're gaming after your Raptor. You ain't taking <laughs> Blue from me. Blue would never have done such a thing. <laughs> like Turner and Hooch style. Yes, but is Blue. Absolutely. <laughs> I want it Turner and Hooch style, just like that. Oh jeez, I could buy that. I I would yeah. probably, you know, I would. I would <laughs> probably the day it comes out. Also, I have to say, this yeah. is the first time Pratt that you failed me a little bit, dude. Ooh. I don't feel like you being the big tough guy in a film is your your move. Oh, I don't think this is your role. Mm. I think you need to be a little more lighthearted. I felt like they tried to make him a little too much of the the manly terminator style character a little bit too much more star lord he needs to be more star lord less terminator okay i agree yeah i can agree with that yeah 
and and maybe maybe it was they were trying to touch on these feelings that you know of being i yeah i they could have actually they could have actually i think pushed some of that relationship between him and um god man well and the thing is um yeah with um howard's daughter yeah Um, like they really could have like pushed that a little bit more with kind of explaining what had happened and that maybe that's why he's so gruff and like absolutely right we could have got that and i honestly i thought we could have even done more of them like you know demonizing this whole genetic mutation you know we brought goldbloom back and he's talking about like don't do this don't do this don't do this and that's where i really thought like the daughter kind of you know clone daughter granddaughter thing was kind of a cool idea because it could have shown the good side of that genetic engineering right and we could have had that sympathy and empathy from that character still be there and still be really strong. That's why I didn't mind her being in there. I, we just, I just felt like we, they, they, they were on the right path. And then they were like, hold on, man. We don't have an indom. What are we gonna do with this indomitable Rex bone that we have here? We got to create some indomitable shit. And now we need some indomitable things to go around and like, I just, I was like, ah, oh, man, that's dumb. That's dumb. <clears throat> yeah. So enough with hating on Jurassic World. Sorry, everybody. That's like it's like thirty minutes of Jurassic World hate. I'm apologize. We spent more time on it than I thought we would actually. To be yeah. honest, well, you know, there's a lot to talk I, about. I I do love anything with the word Jurassic in it. So. Yeah, it, and you know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my favorite uh my favorite Futurama episode, Jurassic Bark. As you should, it should be. It's a great one. It's a great one. Um, anything that anytime your pet is fossilized and you. Um, clone it and bring it back to life. <laughs> uh, nice. So the other one that we have on the list is Ant Man and the Wasp. So yes. Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man the Wasp. Ant Man the Wasp. Uh, I was a huge fan of this film. Yes. Um, but here's the other thing. I'm just Ant Man, and I've said this before, and I've been like chastised and scolded by you guys so much for this. I honestly, Ant Man is my one of my top three Marvel films. Yeah, Hands I, down. I, I don't. I don't even know if it hits my top ten. Yeah, and I know that for a lot of people, it's not. Because I mean, if we're if we're being straight up honest, there was a lot of issues with the first one. Most of it had nothing to do with 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 the writing or the acting, and had to do with the fact that you had a director, you know, leave halfway through, and and then a second one had to come in to finish it. And anytime you have, you know, that's too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, you're bound to have some, you know, some issues. And it, when I go back and I watch that first film, I, it's almost like you can tell that two different people directed the film. Like it, it's got a kind of a different feel to it. It's got, it, it's choppy in points. It is. And, I, and, I, absolutely. and that's why for me that like the original Ant-Man's a three and is it a fun movie? Is it, did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah. Was it acting great. It was, and you know, I'm not a Paul Rudd fan at all. Yeah. I mean, at all, he's one of my least favorite, you know, actors, but he, this is like his role. He is so great. Yeah. So great as Scott in, yeah. in, in that man. I mean, he really is. And for me, it's a tier two. And the reason being is because oh, I was, I was the original. the original. The first one is a tier two because it absolutely blew me all out of the water. I was not ready for that film to be so good. And one of the big reasons why though is because Michael Douglas killed it for me. Like I thought he was fantastic. Mm, um, yep. Evangeline Lilly was great, and yes. then Paul Rudd was, you know, Paul Rudd for me. I'm a big. I think I'm not a huge fan of Paul Rudd, but I think he's a great actor, and I thought that he had the perfect moment here. I feel like 
there are some characters that are made for roles. Um, Ryan Reynolds is made for Deadpool. Yep, Paul Rudd is made for Scott Lang. Like it yep. just it hits those perfect notes for some of these characters. I think I think Chris Pratt is made for Star Lord. Um, you know, I, I think those are perfect Batista. roles for characters. Our boy Batista. Batista. I think Batista is born yeah. to be um, Everest in Hotel Artemis. Not just, uh, what's his name? Drac the Destroyer. Um, but here's the thing with that is Michael Pena stole the show for me in the first one. And Michael Pena's character, ha- there is something about his character that gives me so much joy in that first film mm-hmm. describing what's going around around him in some of those moments. I don't know if it's, if it's his face, his stupid smile, the way he describes things, but it hits me so hard in my funny bone that I cannot deny that it, it just, it kills me every time. So it's a tier two for me, super strong tier two, the first film. Now this one, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I felt it did everything the first one did in a really great way. It kept some of the same humor. It kept a lot of the great relationships, like especially between uh, Paul Rudd and his daughter. And then, you know, uh, Michael Pena and his buddies. uh, T.I. is just hilarious in this. Like, I think those characters are so good. And the other one is Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas again. Like, I felt like we got all these great characters back. Yes. They did not betray each other in any way. They were the same characters, the same yep. types of storytelling. Absolutely. And then we got amazing characters added on to this as well. Walter Goggins played a phenomenal bad guy as his little black ops dealer. Yep. Um, I felt that uh, Lawrence Fishburne and his his ghost yeah. friend excellent killed. Excellent amazing 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 additions and then you know bro. our our main lady um why we got michelle, pfeiffer, michelle pfeiffer gets thrown in there and you just talk about otherworldly good like she's not even she's in the movie maybe 30 minutes tops and she's fantastic yep yep uh totally totally agree um for me ant-man and the wasp was better than the original is better than ant ant-man um it it is a solid solid tier two and for me we've talked about this before there's not many superhero movies for me that make it into a a category higher than a three yeah i agree with you there's there's really isn't there really isn't for me and i'm a huge comics fan i'm a huge superhero fan i love superhero movies but one there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. there's a lot of mediocre ones oh yeah um and and it's not it's not a genre that everybody can get into or everybody loves absolutely i right. think anybody that whether they know these characters or not could go watch ant-man and the wasp and absolutely love it and enjoy themselves absolutely uh, just like anybody that doesn't whether you know black panther or not you go watch black panther that's yep. a movie you're going away like hell yeah dude absolutely that was an awesome movie yep and those, you go watch well logan was a whole nother story absolutely that that, that that hit that hit a that would just hit all the right throat. notes though that, that hit all that the right notes cut deep yeah <laughs> it, uh, but it berserkered into my heart berserkered right in straight into my heart um ant-man and the wasp was really good dude it was really good great acting like you said i mean amazing cast um good directing start to finish and I, I for me i think that's what it's one of the key points is we had we had the same person start to finish in charge of this movie um 
with Peyton Reed directing. Yes. And uh, great writers, uh, Chris McKenna, uh, Erica Somer, Eric uh, Somers, uh, just fantastic um, writing, fantastic directing. Cinematography was excellent. Uh, the special effects were amazing. And with in a movie like this, where you have so much going on with with shrinking and enlarging and uh, ghosting the whole the yeah, whole the quantum the realm and did, yeah, absolutely the whole way that they they did the the ghost character and the phasing was really really cool that was excellent cinematography um it was a fun way to, to kind of wrap your head around that character and, and and her powers yep um obviously it's another the the other thing that's great about Ant-Man, right is it's it's a heist type movie yeah. and we got that in the second one as well there's still that kind of heist heisty theme to it and heisty feeling to it which you know? the thing is i hate heist films and i don't know why this is my favorite oh, yeah, marvel I film i i hate heist films but i love ant-man and i love what he does i love the characters i feel it brings just enough lightheartedness to everything but everything feels like it it in it is in a perfect setting for ant-man nothing's too big nothing's too small pun intended on both of those yes. um but the thing is is he handles his business the way he's it's supposed to be handled um, you know, him him in, in this film having to be on house arrest and, and making sure that he's constantly having to get back and, and spoilers. Sorry if we haven't already done it for you. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things like this is one of those things where they never treat you like you're stupid in this film. They always are going back. There's never a time where you're like, he was gone for three days. What happened to his house arrest? He was constantly having to try to get back. He's constantly having to stay in front of the feds. You know, everything that was a threat in the beginning of the film is still a threat at the end of the film. Walter Goggins black market character keeps coming back and is constantly there and around it and throwing monkeys in the wrench, all those different things that fit so well into this film nothing got left nothing was useless and every single thing had something going on and was meaningful oh. to this story my only issue with walter coggins character is it's hard for me to look at him and and not think about vice principles but that's fine because it it feels like that'd be the same character like i feel like his vice principal's (laughs) character if he got kicked out of schooling he'd become a black market dealer Uh, (laughs) maybe he is (laughs) it's very possible he was very possible his asian mother in that film could definitely be hooking him up with some stuff oh gosh dude that uh yeah I love the cast. So such a fun movie. I mean, it really was a fun movie. Super funny moments throughout it. Yep. Uh, great action sequences. The chase, the chase sequence, sequences in the movie were excellent. So uh, good. all the different little car so scenes good. and and a uh, Louis Louis, fantastic. He was so funny. The truth, Dude, the whole truth Michael serum. Pena, his, the whole, the, everything Dude. around the truth serum. So it's true serum. It's no. like, no, it's no. not. It does this, this, this. Nothing That's makes you tell serum. the truth. And then at the very end, when he takes, when yeah. he gives it to us, the He's guy's like, like, it is true serum. It is true serum. <laughs> so good dude. yes i love it i love it i love it man i just the characters were great i love all the stuff about the baba yaga you know like that yes. is great and the, and the look on uh on michael douglas's face when he starts talking about it he's like he knows what he's talking about he's like uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um super strong tier two for me 
Um, honestly, the the thing that bothers me the most about this film is people are going to watch it for the wrong reasons. And mm -hmm. I hate that we they had to throw in an end credit scene that had to yeah, tie into uh, Avengers for people to be interested in this film. Because when I was talking about this movie months ago in the beginning of the year, being excited for this film, we had yeah. multiple people on our Malice cast, on our website, on Twitter, tell me that they were not excited that Ant-Man was not a good movie. And now every single one of them has been to watch this film within the first week because they just want to go see the post credit scenes. And every single one of them has said, that was a phenomenal film. I'm so out. glad I saw it. And you the thing that sucks that about that head. is you had you had to get sucked into that film for a post credit scene. It deserved so much more credit than it got. I, I honestly feel that first film was so underrated. I felt it hit all the right notes. I loved that first one. Honestly, the only two that beat it for me, um, and it's because I'm not going to throw it into this Marvel universe. It's a it's an FX world, so Logan's not going to be in this three for me. Um, but it should be. It's it's right up there. It'd be right after it probably. But it's it's Spider Man, Black Panther, and Ant Man are my top three. And in any or order, as far, I, as Marvel goes. as far as Marvel films go, yeah, those those are my top three Marvel films. So, um, this right here, Ant Man and the Wasp, did everything it was supposed to and more, in my opinion. And for a sequel, you're already starting a tier below for me because you're just a sequel film, and that's so hard to get over. Yeah. And this matched if not maybe exceeded the first film in every way shape and form it was so good dude yeah it was really really good um i just can't yeah i can't say enough about it and it's still fresh for me because i just watched it and ah it's such a such a fun movie it really is movie let's talk about post credit scene. yeah so, so let's talk about post credit so spoiler again so post credit scene uh we see um Scott being tossed into the quantum realm where they got um, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer's character and yeah. he's going in there to collect quantum particles for healing. Um, what he speaks of as uh, for ghosts, you know, more healing yeah. for ghosts, right. more quantum healing yep. particles. I think is how it's described. Yep. Kind of continue with her healing process. Yep. yep. Continue with her healing process. Right. So this, obviously this stuff has a ton of power to it. It's able to bring people from multiple dimensions into one. Um, or in multiple realms, if you will, people who are phasing in and out into one and, you know, bring them back to whole and heal them in a big way as well. Um, obviously, maybe even have some sort of regeneration factors considering Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Um, it, what it does actually is, is it helps you evolve. This quantum physics helps you. These, these quantum materials help you evolve. So, yeah, that's so Scott yep. is going to collect these quantum materials that, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer was exposed to for 30 plus years or whatever it was. As he's in the quantum realm, he goes in, he pulls his little capsule, boom, absorbs a bunch of shit. The, the snap happens from Avengers and Wasp, uh, Hank Pym and his wife all gone. Yeah. Um, they've all been phased out. They've all been thrown away. And Scott is left in the quantum realm. Yep. Uh, floating around asking where the hell everybody's at. Yep. And then we lose that scene. So it may just be like, oh, God, all three of them are gone. And now, you know, and Scott's stuck in the quantum realm. So, you know, now we know where they were all at. Yeah. The thing is, though, is there's a lot of things that can now happen because of this. So the first one is we've already seen set footage from Avengers 4 and Ant-Man is a part is of the it? group yep. um, that is supposedly going to be going back in time to start solving some of these issues. 
So we know he'll be taking part in Avengers 4. Yep. The thing is, though, is how long is he going to be stuck in this quantum realm? And will he come out with the powers that Michelle Pfeiffer had? Mm. Or different powers. Or different powers, because he could be evolving as well, right? Maybe. Is he, is he truly stuck where somebody else has to help him get out? Or yep. is he actually in a place where he can, he can get himself out? Well, yeah, and Luis Don't knows know where he's at. You know, he, he's going to know where his van's at. So I'm sure he'll, he might be able to come help get him out. The, yeah, get on the walkie or whatever. Yeah, and, he'll be able to kind of maybe walk him through how to pull him out or something like that. But, you know, once again, does that, you know, does, does Scott all of a sudden gain powers to grow and shrink? into that quantum realm you know does he no longer need the pim particle to do that anymore you know how does he truly get out of that that can really leave a lot open to what kind of powers he's going to come out with and what that quantum particle is going to do to help them out on the fight against thanos yeah interesting like does it allow him to go inside the the uh one of the infinity stones i don't know yeah well and here's the other thing though too right that quantum particle is meant to heal is that going to be something because we saw the infinity gauntlet all of the crystals were destroyed is that quantum particles going to be able to help heal the infinity stones to where then they can use the gauntlet again they can use the gauntlet again right who knows yeah or at least maybe one of those particles you know maybe a time particle or you know a time stone or something like that right Maybe, you know, this could be the thing that maybe unlocks time travel for them as well. Um, and, and you know, that maybe those quantum particles can no. amplify powers with Doctor Strange or was, something like that. Because there was a line dropped by Michelle Pfeiffer's character that time works differently down here. Yep, exactly. So maybe the quantum zone, maybe that's how they travel through time. Yeah. Maybe you're on something there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So there's a lot of things that all of a sudden get opened up when now you're manipulating this quantum realm with Ant-Man. And, you know, when you start throwing in science with Tony Stark and, you know, uh, Bruce Banner, Dr. Strange, you know, we're also going to have Captain Marvel joining this group as well. What is she going to know about this quantum realm or time travel or anything like that as well? Right. Right. Um, I did not stay for the second post credit scene. I did read it. Yeah. So I, I know what happens. Yep. And, and it, and I laughed my butt off just reading it because we'd already <laughs> seen a scene uh, that was similar to it. Yeah. The second one is basically they, it's painting through the house and you see like the the emergency broadcast on the TV, right? And then it pans over and the ant is playing the drums, right? Is not, that what happens? Not only is he playing the drums, but he's playing the drums to the emergency broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, yeah. one of one of many favorite parts of the movie was the ant that was taking his place. Yes, absolutely. They had the ankle bracelet on for him. Yeah. With the, with Hell the, yeah. His... With the bag over it. Yep. And everything. <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Think about like, so, and my son asked this question. He was like, so they trained that ant to act exactly like Scott Lang did. And I was like, yeah. Well, they told him, yeah, basically like, they told, they, how freaking yeah. cool is that? They, like, they, they, they had this ant. To be him. Every moment of every day. And they even said, like, and you spend two hours in the bathroom. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this ant knows all of his moves. Playing Um, the drums. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
watching TV, watching TV, playing the drums, holding onto the Fruit Loops, yeah. like for your life. <laughs> uh, so good. And Antonio Banderas was probably my favorite yeah. aunt name. Oh, poor Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. What was the other one? Uh, there, there's a couple of great ones. There was like three or four really good ones. Yeah. yeah. The Antonio Banderas was the last one. Yeah. Okay. Because he was a badass. Yeah. I'm going to call you Antonio Banderas. Yes. Because you're a badass. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, yeah, no, just so many good things about that. And, and you know, then there's a lot of other things that go into, you know, after Thanos' snap, right, is what happened to Cassie, what happened to her mom, what happened to the stephusband, you know, the stepdad. You know, there's a lot of things all of a Don't sudden. You? I love the stepdad, too, by the way. Yeah, the guy like, from uh, Vinyl on HBO, that dude is so awesome. But, like, just just the feeling around, like, how those those – how that whole like family or whatever Bobby Cannavale, how they all kind of like connect to each other. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, it, it's weird. Let's be honest. Like it's weird. Like the whole dad and stepdad type thing. Usually, you know, it's a rivalry or whatnot and it's not, it's totally like a, well in the first one it was, you know, it was right. a little bit there, but in this but one it's yeah. relationship. now where yeah. he's like, bring it in, bring it in, <laughs> man. Yeah. Let me get some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like now they're like buds, you know, and that's, it's cool because it, because it, it, it doesn't, the drama wasn't, what I like about it is the drama wasn't in the family. Yeah, no, not at all. Drama with his Absolutely. daughter, drama with the ex-wife or the, or the stepfather. I mean, it was like the drama was with the, what was going on with Ghost and with, you know, with. With yeah, we, else, right? we didn't get pulled away from the main piece, which was Ghost, Lawrence Fishburne, the Quantum Realm, the FBI. Hey, you know, how good was Lawrence Fishburne to you? Lawrence Fishburne crushed. I, you know, he's, I love seeing him in the movie. When you catch fantastic. Lawrence Fishburne on screen, you know something great's going to happen, and nothing disappointed from what he did. No, he was he was great. He crushed. Yeah, he I was crushed. excited when I saw it because I didn't I I didn't watch. Um, I didn't watch any trailers for this movie. That was one thing I did not do. I avoided them uh, at all costs. But here was what I will say. The ones I did see, they kept them very consistent. And they did not show anything in that film probably past the first 30 minutes of it. Yeah. I mean, I might have seen part of a... I might have seen the teaser trailer. Like the, the, only, the only thing that was after That's the first 30 on. minutes was the car. The, the Hyundai that was being yeah. small and big the hot wheels the hot wheels soup yes absolutely that was the only thing honestly and out of all the cars that lewis could pick i mean he picked he he picked, he, he picked the most one. colorful one that's for sure with the flames all <laughs> the yep but i loved it i thought it was great i can't recommend it enough i i want everybody to go watch ant-man the wasp it's uh it has been. It was a great addition to the summer films because we haven't really had a great a ton of them, and with something like this, this this definitely made a big showing, and it did a great job at it. Yeah, too. and and I gotta say, like one thing that I do, lo- and you already kind of touched on it a little bit. One of the things I do love about it is it doesn't, especially for fans that like didn't didn't enjoy Infinity War, like 
you don't you just you don't even have to get to the post credit scenes. Just don't don't even watch them. Yeah, and it's, it is a great movie that stands alone on its own. Absolutely, it and- does not have to have, be tied to anything else. The only thing that ties it to the the bigger world is the fact that it has a post credit scene. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, it stands alone on its own, and it's fantastic. Absolutely, and and honestly, here's the thing. I love that that's the only thing it tied into that we didn't have a bunch of like, yep. you know, inside jokes or tongue in cheek moments that try to tidy tie tried to tie you into everything. And, you know, some people that might be a gripe, like, you know, Thanos and this war of Wakanda and these guys never see what's going on. Look at it. They're never really in front of a TV the whole time they're doing their stuff. Right. No, like he's been house arrest for those two years. So it's not like he can't, he can't go. Yeah. He can't go be a part of any of that. So, <laughs> And and he hasn't been talking to Hank and Evangeline Lilly. Like right. they haven't been there. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to get caught. He's there with his daughter. You know, he's trying to put time back. And that's what's important to Scott, you know. You know, his friends and his family. And if Cap like came the- calling, maybe he would have gone and done something. But Cap never came. And I do love how they make fun of him about the whole Cap thing. Like that. Yeah. I love that they poke fun at him for being friends with Cap. I I like to think of it as like the same thing as uh as almost like a Hawkeye thing. Like we didn't get Hawkeye in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I like to think that like Hawkeye is off in his little cabin with his wife and, you know, like, yeah, he's on lockdown is too in his cabin with his wife, living his life, you know? Yeah. Living, living life. And like, that's okay. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it humanizes the characters for us. Whereas, you know, someone like cap, unfortunately didn't, didn't get a chance to live that life. Right. He never did. Like wow. he, frozen and lot didn't get the chance to you know have the life with agent carter that you know he deserved probably he deserved, so, right yeah i mean tragic but it's so it's nice to see the human side of things and and you know the real the real world side of things for uh for characters like ant-man so yeah i agree and you know this is something for me i was i was a huge fan of it and i can't tell i can't recommend it enough so go hey, watch I mean, it Ant-Man, just in case you didn't know ant-man is the world's greatest grandma so <laughs> he is the world's greatest <laughs> grandma uh and th- that was the other like that was one of the pieces I, it makes me want to knit you a sweater <laughs> I was like, yes! you know how much that makes you just want to knit you a sweater that right there that relationship as well from the first film i love that that was so still good. there i love that it was still quirky Chemistry and fun so good, dude. the whole nailed it crawling through the tunnels that, like that they created and that whole like get that whole thing was awesome yeah i mean just like you see the 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 effort put into uh, that whole like mystery heist thing that they were doing, father daughter, you know, just trying to entertain. What did he say? Something like just trying to entertain a a ten year old or whatever or eleven year old. Yeah. I can't tell you. Well, and the other thing too, right? That's like, so fun. and it wasn't like Ghost who kind of became the main antagonist in all of this. It's not like she was like some creature from space or some Thanos being or anything like that. And they had to like fight some minor character all by themselves now, right? Like this was a character all on her own that they had to deal with separately for separate reasons of what was going on. And and I ah, they just they did it so right. Yeah, and it's a character that like you want to know more about. Like because it's not a character that's just straight evil. No. Right? It's a character, it's a it's a it's a antagonists that you are sympathetic towards yeah trying to survive yeah that you feel bad for like this was a young girl who like went through this like tragic tragic 
and then was taken advantage by the government and by these agencies and by shield by by a a, a system that we thought we trusted in shield yeah like and that gives so much more depth to shield by the way and like how do we think about like tony stark and like his involvement with what you know creating weapons or nick fury's involvement as shield right like yeah did he know about because he's the one that creates suits for everybody right yeah involved in this who knows like so it just gives so many good questions about like i want to know more about this character did ghost disappear i don't know we didn't see that like well and it also gives so much more character to hank pym who doesn't trust shield and is living off the grid from shield right he's not just like let us help you and let us be a part of you. Like Hank Pym knows that dark side of shield and what's going on. And he's keeping his daughter and his technology away from shield. Cause he knows yeah. they will find a way to weaponize it and turn it bad. Just like they did yeah. this poor girl. They didn't try right. to help her or heal her. They turned her into a weapon. Yep. Yep. They lied to her. So yeah. she said that, like they said they were going to help me and they, they lied. They lied. They lied. That's just, yeah. Ah, good movie. Great stuff. All right. Pretty I think good. we're going to wrap it. We're a little over an hour right now. Are so, we? yeah, we're about an hour 15 into this one. So, we're going to cut this. We only really talked about a couple of movies tonight. So, we do appreciate everybody for hanging in there. Um, yeah. If you want to check anything out, you want to check out Ant Man, any of that stuff, go and check out mouse corp.com. Click on our Amazon link on our site and go and check those things out. Go buy them. Go check them out on your Amazon Primes, anything like that. Um, also, Make sure to subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Also, if you're going to go to Amazon Throw Site, check out my buddy's brand new paperback, Echoes, by Brenton Belcher. He just released his new novel. Um, it's a fantastic tale that I hope we can maybe get him on and talk a little bit about. I know this is a movie podcast. We're talking books. But check out Echoes on Amazon Prime. You can get his paperback uh, for 19 bucks. You can get his paperback. Or you can purchase it digitally for $5. So wow. it's a great deal. Get it either way, whether you want to read it digitally, get the paperback copy as well. It is a fantastic read so far. I've been diving in. Um, shout out to you, Brenton, and uh, Echoes on Amazon as well. Nice. B, where nice. can everybody find you, man? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Bcon underscore MouseCorp. Awesome. And then follow the show at Quest for Movies on Twitter, where you can join in any of these conversations. Let us know what you thought of these films we've just talked about. Uh, did you think Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom should have been higher, maybe even lower? Do you think Ant-Man the Wasp were overrating it and giving it too much because we've been you know, dying for a great Marvel film? Uh, you let us know. Follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you all think on that. And then myself, you can hit me up at the Big Papa Matt on Twitter or on malice If you want to play some PlayStation, get beat up on something, follow me at Son of Mock s-o-n-o-f-m-a-k-u and with that being said uh we really do appreciate the time remember to like comment subscribe share with all your friends and family let everybody know what you think about the show as well and don't forget hearts beat loud hearts beat loud (laughs) and with that being said thank you all so much you have a great night and don't friends don't let friends quest alone peace then let us be rid of it once and for all It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye!